Welcome to Pondering Passages. This is Kurt Austin. My friend David Mullins and I are going to be jumping into Psalm 122 today. We're going to be talking about the temple. We're going to be talking about what that looks like for the pilgrimage. And we're going to be trying to figure out what's it mean to us. How is God speaking to us as we read this beautiful passage from a couple thousand years ago? So uh, join us. We'll be right back and we'll dive right in. Welcome back to Psalm 122. Today we're going to talk about this psalm. Uh, Dave, I, you know, this is an interesting psalm. Um, and as I read it every day this week, I was kind of uh, struck by uh, two things. One was that it's part of the Song of Ascents. So it doesn't, yes. it, you, know, you could read it as a standalone, but as if you put it in that context, it helps. Uh, and then second, um, that the, the psalmist is really uh, waxing poetic about Jerusalem itself um, and God's, uh, his desire for God to engage that city in some way. That stood yeah. out to me. Yeah. And, and I will have to say, uh, well, let's go ahead and just get this up on the screen. Uh, yeah, a song of ascent, and you know, I don't, I don't do pilgrimages. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, uh, and so I don't completely understand what it must feel like to kind of have this this destination as a goal. I mean, I, we've gone on vacation, we've gone places. Uh, well, I, I take that back. I take that back. Uh, when our kids were young, we decided to drive to North Carolina and we thought, you know, why don't we just start out like right at their bedtime and we'll just drive straight through. It's like, what, a 20 hour trip, something like that. You know, they'll sleep and, and once we get there, you know, they'll, they'll be awake. Worst trip ever. Uh, the last five hours, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, can we switch off like every hour? Because I, I'm starting to doze off, you know? And so when, uh, when we finally got to the beach, I was glad. I was very glad. There you go. See, it's just like that. <laughs> I was, exactly. I was glad when, when they said to me, let's go to the beach. Yeah. When we got to the beach and uh, now here we are. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. There we go. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and so, and so I try to put my, myself in the place of the psalmist and you know, and I don't know exactly how it worked. Maybe this isn't something they did every year because for some folks, this would be quite the journey. Oh man. And then all of a sudden someone goes, Hey, why don't we, why don't we go to the house of the Lord? I mean, they, they believe this is where God resided. This was his literal mm -hmm. house. It isn't like today. Uh, this is where God resided. Let's go to the house of the Lord. And I could just see someone go, Oh yeah. Yeah. And they start planning and everything. And then finally, they've arrived. Yeah. And it would be, you know, I mean, if you think in the day, I mean, just from an architectural standpoint, this place was a marvel. Oh, you know, it I had mean, to have been. The well-built city. I mean, I, I have, yeah. I've had the privilege of uh, visiting Israel twice and going to the Wailing Wall, which is what's the only thing left of standing of the original temple walls. 
oh my word, it's huge. I mm. mean, it's just, the stones are massive. And how they were able to pull that off, and if you showed up from your little village out in the middle of nowhere, um, where you, you know, the big meeting place was either in a, a small little synagogue or around the well, or, you know, I mean, this would have just been jaw dropping, you know, to, to approach this from the distance and, or to come up over a hill and to see this thing standing there. Um, you could, it really would feel, and how they joined together all of those blocks that were just tons, uh, each that were, you know, how in the world would you expect to take that down? You know, yeah. even in today's day. Yeah. You know, I, I remember the first time we took our kids to Chicago, you know, and we're walking downtown and they're looking at all these buildings and they're taking it in and it, it surprised me, you know, because I've been to Chicago, I've been to big cities. It's like, yeah, you know, but this was the first time they were there and they were simply overwhelmed with all of this. And I can imagine, well, I can't imagine, you know, a pilgrim going there and maybe it isn't their first time, but maybe it's one of the few times. And now here we are and standing inside your gates, we're actually inside the gates. Yeah. And then, like you said, you know, they're they're marveling at how well built it is. I, I kind of question that next line. It's seamless walls cannot be breached. <laughs> well, they didn't know back then. I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, like I say, you look at it and you think with the with the armament that they would have had in that day and age, how would you have breached that? Yeah. How would you have knocked down the temple mount? I mean, yeah. how is it possible that there's only one wall left standing? And I was like, my gracious that was a, a quite a feat for whoever would have done that so yeah. you know but in this time in this day it would have been it would have really been pretty impressive um i was uh, you know i we had a my uh, my wife's uncle's wife what's that like three times removed my, my wife's uh, uncle's <laughs> wife that would be yeah. your aunt right my aunt and my aunt-in-law um well, yeah. Uh, anyway, so she she died three years ago this week, and uh, so I was thinking about this passage as it related to that because it popped up as a memory on my Facebook uh, three years ago, and um, I'd taken a picture of the church that that the funeral well, the funeral wasn't there, but the funeral dinner was at this church, and it's the church I grew up in in mm. farmland indiana there's nothing farmland indiana farmland it's a real place look it up it's <laughs> it uh there's not much what, what? impressive about that little church it's a it's a typical little methodist church built in the 40s or 50s mm. you know i mean it's just there's not much uh to look at that you go wow architecturally this thing stands out it has a big stained glass window and all the rest are just regular windows and mm. i took that and it's like suddenly i had uh, as I stood in there, I was the only person in there because everybody else was in the fellowship hall. And I thought about the number of times that we had youth group up at the altar, that I sang in the choir, that I played that piano, that um, preached my first sermon in that mm. church. Um, and all of those things. Do, do you remember what you preached on? Yeah. What was it? Uh, I had just done a class. Uh, it was my freshman year in college. And it was a class on, what was that class? It was like education, some education class. And this, the, the professor had something about, said about the, the, 
the destructive vortex of human existence or something like that. It was something, it was uh, the vortex was the word that really stood out to me. Uh-huh. And that was kind of the crux of how we, we were able to find a way out of that vortex as we grab on to God. Wow. That is some it deep was, stuff it there. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I was so nervous. Man, I was so oh, nervous. I bet. But, um, but anyway, so the, the memories that came flooding back on that, and you have to think if this isn't your first time and you've had multiple visits here, um, or you know, this is you live close enough that you could take this journey regularly, um, you would have those kinds of memories, this, this, uh, yeah. this love for the place because it represented everybody would have known the story, right? Everyone would have known the Exodus story. Everyone would have known the temple being built and the the donations for the tabernacle and all of those things that that is part of the hair history culminated in the building of this place. And so, and it's, and it's not just about him, you know, verse four, he says, all the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people make their pilgrims pilgrimage here. And, I think that means something, you know, to this psalmist that it's not just him coming there, but he is connected through this building or by this this temple to all the Lord's people. And, you know, and, you, you think about like going to camp every year. One yeah. of the things I loved about camp because we had a pretty good sized youth group as a kid. Um, we were we were one of the larger youth groups at the camp that we would go to for our district. Um, but it was always so much fun to see that there were so many other people out there who were part of this family of God that got together and, you know, new faces every year. And, yeah. and you miss some old faces that didn't come back because as pe- people graduate and stuff, but it was this, uh, this relationship. So imagine you're, you, you kind of join this swarm of people walking into yeah. the city gates from, from every place who could make this pilgrimage. Yeah. And that would be really exciting to know that you are not alone. Yeah, everyone uh, coming together. Yeah. And it and and why are they doing it? To give thanks. To mm-hmm. give thanks. As the law require requires of Israel. Yeah, I, I think I said last week I really need to dive down into just this whole era uh, of worship. And and I I know they had different festivals. You know, I know in Jesus' day they they would make this. I think yearly pilgrimage for the Passover, but you know, those journeys are not easy. Uh, You know, so because I'm, I'm unclear on whether, oops, on whether uh, the uh, psalmist, if this is something they would do every year, or if it's, you know, a few times in their life that they would make this journey. Well, you know, I mean, I, I I think this, it probably ran the, the gamut, right? I mean, it's, it's, if I don't have the money to make this trip or I can't leave my family to yeah. make this trip, but, or if I live in Bethlehem, which is, you know, a stone's throw, no, a little farther than that from, uh, from Israel. Like to then, see you throw that stone. Yeah. But you, you would think, okay, well, I'm, I live close enough. I could make this uh, journey. Um, now you just, you're still going to have to spend the night. You're still have going to, you know, it's yeah. too far to go home and come back. But I mean, even that would be, something probably more reasonable. So you probably see maybe it's some of the same people that you didn't, you know, you saw the year before. Yeah. Uh, and then that stone here stands the throne, uh, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Now, yeah, 
you know, I mean, and that would just represent their, you know, their kingship, their, their government. Now, uh, now, now one of the, the things I'm going to bring up, you know, because this kind of surprised me, uh, this is a Psalm of David. And sometimes in scripture, I have assumed, and I think other people assume is that David, since it's a Psalm of David, that he wrote it. Uh, but the temple wasn't in existence when David was right. around. Yeah. Just, I mean, start there. The yeah. fact that it's the thrones of the dynasty of David, that means right. that there are generations. So yeah, it, it was definitely maybe a Psalm in honor of David. Well, and, and that's what scholars say. They say a Psalm of David could, could mean a lot of different things. It means that he could have written it mm -hmm. or, or no, it means that he did write it, or maybe it was inspired by him, inspired by something right. in his life. Right. Uh, but it, it really, I guess, surprised me. And there are a few Psalms of David where he mentions, you know, the temple or yeah. Jerusalem or, you know, something that it's like, oh, you know what? There's a chance that either someone stuck that in later, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I don't know if they would really do that, or it was written by a psalmist uh, with David in mind. Yeah. Yeah, because Solomon, his son, is the one who actually built the temple. Right. So just yeah. to clarify. Yeah. And I, you know, the other thing that I, I don't, it dawned on me this morning, Dave, that you and I are not biblical scholars. No. We are biblical students. Yes. And we are, yes. we are learning and we are trying to figure this out, but I would never call myself a scholar. I no. would think I have some knowledge because I've been reading a lot and I've been trying to understand it. My goodness, if if I could get a a, a, book, a chapter fully understood by the time I die, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, but and, you know, and, and there's some things I have a lot more knowledge about than other things. Uh, you know, my call, folks, anybody who's watching this, do not call it a a a, a version <laughs> of a Bible. Don't do it. Dave has a lot of knowledge about versions and translations. <sighs> yes, translations. But anyway, uh. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> spiritual formation, you know, I, I've got a lot of knowledge in that area, uh, but, and, and probably a little bit no, more knowledge about the new Testament, uh, than mm -hmm. the old Testament, because yeah, there's just so much, so much in the old Testament. And then you start talking about the, the social and the economics and the laws and the life mm -hmm. of those mm -hmm. who live during the old Testament era, which spans thousands of years and so it's not just understanding one thing you're understanding like the time of abram or even the time yeah. before that and then you've got the time of like joseph and the time of of david and then beyond that the time of of the king because that well, was different say, and exile you know, like joseph in uh, egypt then you need to understand the customs of egypt to yes. really get that babylonian yeah. exile you got to understand what yeah. that was so it's and, not it's not a simple matter of saying well i know a lot about it, the jewish it, culture because exactly and and so you you do at some point lean on scholars uh what we try to do here is we try to use it formationally mm -hmm. uh which means what is god what is the passage asking of me what is god speaking to me through the passage and and we'll and at least i'll get there in this because there, there's a very specific thing that that god is speaking to me through this passage well let's let's get there because our time is burning oh we've been, okay we've been okay. chatty today yeah we have been uh 
you know, this, this last part, you know, just talking about Jerusalem and praying and the, the desire that, you know, the psalmist has for uh, Jerusalem. And what, what really landed with me was I was glad when they said to, to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And now mm -hmm. we are here. You know, the destination that I'm looking forward to the most mm -hmm. isn't the beach. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, any place else, the destination I'm looking for is that destination. When I finally see my Lord and my savior welcoming me home. And this temple for them represented that it represented a place where heaven and earth came together and met because that's where God was. And I, I almost imagine that for them to go to the temple is almost as exciting as me thinking about one day seeing my Lord and my Savior, because that was where the presence of the Lord was. And that is, you know, my goal too. And so uh, I was glad when they said, you know, come to me, uh, you know, to your final resting place, your destination. And here we are. And, and so you know, I don't know, again, it's formational. So I would say I might be reading too much into it, but it's just a way that God reminded me through this, that uh, I'm not home yet. And there is a home. And when I finally get there, uh, I, I know I will be simply in awe. That's beautiful. So hey, what, what a, how, how's this passage speaking to you? What's, what's it saying to you, Kurt? Well, we'll go to the next uh, slide there. I think I underlined uh, really on day one in my Bible. Um, for the sake of my family and friends, mm. I will say, may you have peace. And I guess I, I put it in the context of our world today. as like, you know, we need to keep showing up into the presence of God. We need to keep doing that. And we need to be praying for peace in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our churches mm, yes. for, for two sakes. I mean, he says in eight and nine, number one, for the sake of my family and friends, but then nine, then he says, for the sake of the house of the Lord. So for the sake of what, for the sake of God himself, let's have peace. Amen. Um, you know, I just, I, I think we've just lived in a really tough few years where we've become more and more divided on everything oh, yes everything yeah, and everything uh, this is from from the the from the all of the new testament to even this psalm you've got the you've got the writers saying can we have peace can yeah. you know what i mean what is what is one of the fruit of the spirit peace it's peace yeah. so it, when 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 we truly are living in the spirit of god then one of the fruits that will come from that is peace and uh, and for what, you know, for me, the sake is for my family, for my friends and for my own, uh, my own love of God and my relationship with him. So that's, that's what stood out to me this week. Yeah. And, and when you talk about peace, you know, I see when Jesus shows up, especially after the resurrection, he keeps yeah. saying peace, peace, yeah. uh, before he leaves, he says, my peace, I give to you. I, I do not give the peace like the world does. Mm -hmm. uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. And I, I think of uh, my favorite, one of my favorite phrases from Dr. Adrian Von Kahn, 
And he says, when you push past the pace of grace, you lose your peace. And so it's about being in step with God's grace. Well, like you said, we, we need to keep showing up in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when we don't, we, we will get off track. We will push past that yep. pace of grace yep. and we will lose our peace. And when we lose our peace, it's not just us that loses our peace. It's our family. It's our friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we get yeah. off track. I mean, that's I think this is what God wants for us. And, and that's, you know, when you've been on a, I'm sure you and your, in your experience, you've been on a, a church retreat or you've been a personal retreat, right? Where you've gone. And what's the, one of the things that you come away with? You come away with joy. You yeah. come away with peace. Yeah. Because everything, the, the pace changes, the intent changes, your focus changes, and it gets more centered in what's true. And I think yeah. that, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad way to live. It's not. It's not. I, I think of the song, let there, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with you. Uh, I thought oh, wait, no, that's me. Oh, well, that's harder. <laughs> you know, it's easier for, for me to have it begin with you. But yeah. <laughs> I thought you really about, screwed this. Song. No, I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, okay, but, but see, sense. sometimes that's what we hope. We hope that peace begins with the other person, mm-hmm. but it has to begin with us. Good job, Dave. This is this is beautiful. This is a beautiful psalm. I like it a lot. It it really, um, really is, and uh, and Kurt, great insights, great insights, especially about the oh peace. My. Yeah. All right. Well, we have we have had a great time today. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you want, uh, please leave uh, a comment in the bottom. If you uh, if you can, please go ahead and check the box to subscribe. Follow us. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. We are in YouTube. We're working on our own website. I mean, uh, the the market is yet open. We still pondingpassages.com. There is something there. There yeah, are yeah. things there. Um, and so so jump in, uh, be a part of that conversation, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here in about a week. Blessings. City guy is driving out, and he's looking at the countryside. He just loves it. He stops at this farm, and he's looking at these pigs, on the, you know, leaning on the fence, looking at these pigs. And he notices one of them only has three legs. And the farmer comes up and goes, what's up? And he said, well, he said, I'm, I love these animals. And I'm just wondering, why does that pig only have three legs? Oh, that that pig, that's a special pig. That pig, when there was the tornado last year, that pig came into the house and woke us all up and got us into the storm shelter, came in the storm shelter with it, saved our lives. I mean, that's that's one of the most special pigs I've ever seen. Then... He said, then a little while later, he said, I think it was in the winter. We had that fire in the stove and it started spreading. And the pig burst through the door and got us all up and got us outside, saved our lives. Yeah, but why does he only have three legs? Oh, because uh, a pig that special, you don't eat all at once. <laughs>